Good morning and welcome to this, the Oasis Community Church online carol service. Uh, my name's John and I'm the pastor of the church and it's so great to have you with us. Thank you for taking time out this morning to celebrate with us, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. That's what this season is all about and that's what we are going to celebrate. And so this morning we've got loads planned. We've got an amazing guest speaker, Jay John. So fortunate to have him speaking to us this morning. We've got loads of guests. Uh, some you'll recognise whether you've been part of our church or not. Uh, and if you're, if you're visiting this morning, then we just want to welcome you. If you're a long-term uh, member of our church, then welcome. If you've been journeying with us through this lockdown season, then welcome. Uh, so great to have you with us. And we're just praying this morning will be a real blessing that you will experience the joy of this season as we celebrate the birth of Christ, the saviour of the world. And so uh, what would a carol service be if we didn't start by singing together? So I want to encourage you. You may be on your own, you may be with your family, but why don't you stand right now and we're going to sing joy to the world together, a real anthem of celebration, a declaration of joy about what this season is all about. Hey everybody, my name is Mark Greenwood and I absolutely love everything about Christmas. I do, all of it. Mm. Yeah. To be fair, when I say all of it, there's a few things I'm really not keen on. Sprouts. Sprouts. I mean, when I was younger, my mum used to mash them up and tell me it was cabbage. Can you imagine that? She said it was cabbage, like some kind of posh cabbage. But I ate sprouts. I really, really do. But apart from sprouts, I love absolutely everything about Christmas. I do. When I say everything, it's not quite true. Board games. I hate playing board games. I mean, like I sacrifice a lot. I really, really do for my family because they love board games. But I absolutely hate board games. I think they're appropriately named. Board. Yeah. Board games. I hate them. But apart from board games and sprouts, I love absolutely everything about Christmas. I d mm, that's not true either. Yeah. Christmas jumpers. I mean, what the heck? is Christmas jumpers about. But apart from sprouts, apart from board games, and apart from Christmas jumpers, I love absolutely everything about Christmas.
Hi there. I'm often asked, what does Christmas mean to you? Well, I mean, for me, it means different things because when I was a child, I was born in India, we were separated. The family were all over the country. And Christmas to me as a kid meant I'm going to see my aunts and uncles, my favorite cousins. And of course, we got gifts. But that Christmas was strictly once a year. I've got a feeling now that Christmas should be part of our life all the time because it represents something very special. In the mid 60s, I got very interested in spirituality. That's the time I became a Christian. And what I recognized was that the miracle of birth still fascinates us. Just a baby being born is an absolute miracle. Jesus's birth was a stupendous miracle that somebody that was a spiritual divine creature became like one of us. So for me now, Christmas is every day of the year. Every time I pray, I pray, I think of Jesus, I think of God. Easter is also important, but I always find it difficult to feel triumphant because he died. And I know he had to die for us, but for me, still today, Christmas is now an everyday part of my life. And so it gives me great pleasure to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas and that it lasts all the year round. Christmas for me is about peace, hope, love and joy and it's about celebrating the birth of Jesus and it's also a brilliant time to just spend with family and friends and loved ones. Uh, what Christmas means to me is, uh, is uh, getting prepared for it the night before and thinking we're doing all this for the name of Jesus. Um, and then uh, off to bed we go, probably usually late on Christmas evening because it's the barest job we have to do. And then we're sleeping for the night. Usually wake up pretty early in the morning or somebody from the next bedroom shouting, that's Lucy, when she was little, wants to come in and have all her presents. And um, we carry on, have a nice dinner. But in the meantime, I'm always thinking of uh, Jesus all the time in the back of my mind that this is a special day. Christmas for me has always meant time for family, reunions, bonding, exchanging of gifts. And after a challenging year of a pandemic virus that has restricted our movements, there is a great expectation for this coming Christmas, more than ever before. Foremost, this is a time that I set aside to celebrate the birth of our Saviour Jesus Christ. A time that brings a message of love, peace, hope and goodwill to others. So Christmas for me, I think it's changed a lot over the years, um, what it means to me. Um, it used to be a time of really, obviously when I was a kid, presents. Uh, then it became partying uh, for way too long. Um, well, I didn't really appreciate what it was, um, and now I think it's it's a time of um, connecting, reconnecting, um, peace, um, reflection, perspective, um, and warmth. I think it's a time where, because of the peace, for the time that I spend with people, perhaps there's a bit more quality and depth, um, which is something that I'm always striving to have more of. Um, I'm looking forward to that very much this year, even though it will be in small groups. Um, and I think the reflection this year will be especially important, given uh, everything that's happened. Um, so yes, time for perspective and, and, and looking forward and, and, and getting closer to God. 
When I was growing up as a child, I grew up in the rural areas of Zimbabwe. So on Christmas, what it meant is um, we'd go to the shop, buy a dozen of bread, um, buy a crate of drinks, buy, buy some eggs. And I can tell you, Christmas was the only time we had a bottle of Coca-Cola. And it was the only time when we had breakfast with eggs. And that's when the only time we had sweets and oranges. And that's the only time we got a new dress as a child. So we'd wake up early in the morning as a child, go outside, and then just watch for your neighbors, your friends, uh, other children, what they are wearing and what they are having. And then for us, it was a time of sharing. It was a time of loving. So even those that were enemies would share at Christmas. Christmas to me means remembering and celebrating the birth of Jesus and that through him our sins are forgiven and we can have eternal life. Also, it means seeing family that uh, we don't get to see for the rest of the year. So normally my half-brother comes over from Mallorca every year for a week, although not this time. And for the first time in 10 years, my Christmas is not associated with exam revision, which is going to be very exciting too. Christmas to me... Um, means celebrating the birth of Jesus. I don't just think of him staying as a baby, but of him teaching and preaching as a man about uh, um, his heavenly father's love for us and his way for us to live. I think of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and rising again in victory over sin and death. And I'm reminded that by his stripes we are healed. And um, I'm reminded too and that he left his Holy Spirit with us when he went back to heaven to be our comforter and guide. So that Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us, is um, really what it says. He stays with us through his Holy Spirit. So what does Christmas mean to me? I'd like to go all the way back to when I was eight years of age and I was sent away to boarding school. And it was tough. Those years at boarding school were very, very tough. There was not much joy. The greatest joy we ever had was when it was time to go home for the holidays. But there was no better holiday for us than Christmas holidays. Because in the dormitories at school, we were allowed, a very special privilege, to put up Christmas decorations. So from the age of eight, for many, many years, Christmas meant for me celebration, joy at the end of that particular term, colorful decorations and going home to mum and dad where we'd all have presents and turkey and wonderful family time. And then as I grew older, I became a Christian, very late in life actually, when I was 40, and I learned the meaning the true meaning of Christmas. And I was still filled with joy, but it was a different joy. It was the realization that that little baby, God, being born as a human being, was born for a reason, to save us, to save us ordinary people, and to give us a chance of a new life with him. That was real joy. That was saving joy. 
that was mature joy. And I think that was the joy that the three wise men felt when they saw him. So with joy in my heart, happy Christmas. Sages, leave your contemplation, brighter visions from afar. Seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen the natal star. stood outside the Christmas shop in Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah, that's right. Here, it's Christmas 
all year round. I mean, imagine that. See me, mate? Anyway, imagine that Christmas all year round. The problem of Christmas, of course, apart from the board games and the sprouts and the Christmas jumpers, is I just eat too much. I eat way too much food. Did you know the average family will spend £1,000, that's right, £1,000 on food at Christmas? I mean, that's just crazy. The average Christmas meal, that whole kind of pudding and dessert and starter and drinks and nuts and all that stuff, the average is seven thousand calories and the average person will put on seven pounds in weight at Christmas. Good to know you're above average isn't it? <laughs> it really is but you know what the beauty and the truth and the thing we need to remember at Christmas is it's not about putting on weight it's about losing what weighs you down. I'm sure this year you felt a bit weighed down the message of Christmas has something for you because Jesus came into this world to lift all our cares, lift all our concerns and to bring peace into our lives. In fact, there's this great little sentence in the Bible that says cast, that literally means throw all your cares on him because, do you know what? He cares for you. Bells start jingling. Mariah starts singling. Cinnamon and pine aromas cause us to remember. Families get tinseling, excitement tingling. For goodness sake, it's only November. Because in the 11th month, the ballads begin. Catchy Christmas choruses cling to you and your kin. Top to toe in tailbacks, the boys of the NYPD choir. Chestnuts roasting, by now surely burning, on an open fire. Shaking Stevens, Wham, Bing Crosby, Band-Aid, Buble, Slade. Wizard, do you really wish it could be Christmas every day? Think of all the shop assistants. Six weeks of it to get through. As Bono said, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. But above and around, beneath and beyond the modern Christmas ditty, is a deeper song, eternity long, a melody of old. Hear it unfold, the greatest story ever told. A hurting world. An angel's promise, a family scandal, a husband's fright. In the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Where infinite influence, omnipotence suppressed. The word becomes flesh in diapers dressed. The fabled stable becomes a creche and blessed. As majestic God assumes mortal guise, lo, within the manger lies he who built the starry sky. See, the real song of Christmas is more than just a carol. It's an anthem of atonement, a refrain of redemption. In our anguish, heaven smiled. The song's composer becomes a child. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. But the peril, the danger of away in a manger, is it can make our Christmas story stranger and rearrange her from a game changer, the heaven-hell exchanger she is. Because the destiny of the Christmas baby was to die in our Leo. From fairy tale birth to criminal's cross, tonight, thank God, it's him instead of you. So in the musical sweatshirts, the John Lewis adverts, listen, remember the song. In the activity, remember the nativity, your pain and shame undone. For to you a son is given, over you a song is sung. 
But don't just remember, respond and surrender. For Christ the Saviour is born.
one of the things I really do love about Christmas. And I think I'm going to appreciate it even more this year as we've had this crazy global pandemic is just stopping and being with those that I love. And do you know what? I'm proper going to go for it. I'm going to have some right good food at Christmas time. I really, really am. I'm going to drink some schlur. It's going to be fantastic. But I do love that about Christmas. I love remembering to spend time with those that I really, really appreciate. But I also love remembering what Christmas is really, really all about and that for me is what's really exciting. Uh, behind me is the birthplace of William Shakespeare. I'm in Stratford-upon-Avon that is famous for the birth of this amazing person that people from all over the world have heard about and they come to Stratford and they take photographs and they enjoy finding the actual place where William Shakespeare was. It's an amazing atmosphere around here when you start to see all the Stratford stuff and the William Shakespeare stuff. But you know what? Christmas I really love is remembering that Jesus Christ really was born. He did turn up. I'm remembering the most famous birthplace that we sing in the carols and we remember that Jesus came to our world and people from all over the world and especially at this time of year begin to think a little bit more about the birth of Jesus, the most famous person who did some of the most famous writings that had incredible impact on our world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son himself who is God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known.
Well, we hope you're enjoying the service so far this morning and we are so privileged now to have a guest speaker, an international renowned guest speaker, Jay John, who's going to come and bring a Christmas word to us uh, for this season. And so I'm going to hand over to him. But before that, kids, there's going to be a link that comes up on the chat right now uh, just to connect you with Virtual Kids Church. So if you want to do that now or later on in the day, have fun this Christmas, kids of OCC. But otherwise, we're going to chill out, relax, grab a cup of coffee, enjoy Jay John as he comes and brings the word to us this morning for our carol service. We might not be having the perfect Christmas, but remember, the first Christmas wasn't perfect. It was miraculous, but messy. The truth that Jesus came to earth is the proof that God cares. The story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless love for us. Jesus did not come to make God's love possible, but to make God's love visible. Christmas is the time and place where God pulls back the curtain so we can see his face. Christmas is the answer to our questions. Where is God? Who is God? God couldn't have made himself bigger to impress us, so he made himself smaller to attract us. Christmas means God with us. The Christmas message is that there 
is hope. The only true historical reason for celebrating Christmas is as the birthday of Jesus Christ. But nobody celebrates the birthday of a dead person. It is because Jesus is alive that there can be a true celebration of his birthday. One of the things I really like about this season are school nativity plays. And there was one infant school where there was one boy who was desperate to play the part of Joseph. And the day arrived when the teacher announced all the starring roles, but he wasn't chosen to play Joseph. And he was very, very upset. But he did get the part of the innkeeper, but he didn't want to be the innkeeper. Anyhow, the day arrived when the school presented their annual Christmas production to the entire school, all the families and all the friends. And then you get to that point where Mary and Joseph arrive at the innkeeper's door and they knock on the door. The door opens, the innkeeper comes to the door. Joseph says, can my wife Mary and I, can we come in for the evening? And the innkeeper said, she can come in, but you can't. I wanted to be Joseph. There are many different versions of Christmas. And because there are many different versions of Christmas, it is good for us every Christmas time to stop and to go back to the original script. Sir David Suchet will now read from the original script. Hello, I'm David Suchet, and I'm absolutely delighted to be reading this wonderful passage of scripture for this Christmas service. The particular passage is taken from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 11, and you'll all know it. It's the story of the wise men. But I want you to listen to it as though you've never heard it before, because there's so much in it. And see what we can rediscover together. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn King of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests, and teachers of religious law, and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. 
Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In the original script, which David Suchet read for us, we heard there of a group of people known as the wise men. Now, I do have to confess as a man that those two words, wise men, don't always go together. I wonder what would have happened if they were wise women. Well, I think if they were wise women, they would have asked for directions and arrived there on time. They probably would have brought a casserole. They would have cleaned out the stable. They would have helped with the delivery and they would have brought far more practical presents. But the original script says the wise men came, bowed down and gave Jesus gifts. And they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now, why? Why gold? Why frankincense? Why myrrh? Well, it's symbolism. And the symbolism behind the gifts is very profound. Gold in the Bible is a symbol of kingship. So by giving gold, you are acknowledging their kingship. By bowing down and worshipping them, you're saying, I want to come under your reign and rule. Frankincense in the Bible is a symbol for prayer. It's a symbol of communication. And they had understood that God had come to the earth to communicate with people. And by giving frankincense, they're saying, we want to communicate with you. Myrrh in the Bible is a symbol of burial. It's a symbol of death. And they had understood that the king had come to the earth to do something for us. What's gone wrong? That is a very important and good question to ask. What's gone wrong? What went wrong? The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. Unless we understand the truth of that, we will never understand the solution. I think one of the easiest ways of understanding what's gone wrong is to think 
of your life and think what would it be like if it was all projected onto a huge screen? Everything we ever thought, everything we ever said, everything we've ever done. How would you feel if you saw the film of your life in detail? I wouldn't want to see the film of my life because I don't need convincing that I've thought, that I've said, that I've done things that I shouldn't have. The reality is this, all of us, we are all on the naughty list. When we go back to the original script, the word for that is sin. Every time we disobey God, every time we break God's commandments, God's principles, God's values, that's called sin. And it disconnects us from God. And it works a little bit like an overdraft in a bank account. If you've got an overdraft and I've got an overdraft, you can't help me and I can't help you. The only one who can help us is someone in credit. Jesus was the only one in credit. If our greatest need was information, then God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was money, then God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was technology, then God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need was pleasure, then God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. That's why God sent us a saviour. I remember many years ago when my son Michael was about four years of age, he and I went to buy a present for his mum, my wife Killy, for Mother's Day. And we walked into the store and as we walked into the store, I saw this huge sign that said, do not touch. All breakages must be purchased. I mean, I don't know why I didn't just walk out, but we kept looking around. And before you knew it, both of us, Michael and myself, began touching things. But then I saw it from the corner of my eyes. He knocked something over and I tried to reach out. It felt like slow motion, but whatever it was that he touched fell to the ground and smashed. The manager stood there beside us within seconds and pointed to the sign, do not touch, all breakages must be purchased. And I said, well, I didn't do it, he did it. And I thought, I'll leave Michael in the store to sort it out, I can leave. But there was no way Michael could pay for what was broken. Only 
his daddy could pay for it. In a similar way, you and I have broken God's commandments, have broken God's values, have broken God's principles, and we can't pay for it. That's why Jesus paid for it. You see, the wise men understood that, and that's why they gave myrrh. Jesus, you've come to die, because by dying on a cross, it was as if he was cashing a check, signed with his own blood, to say, here is the check to clear your overdraft. Jesus Christ purchased for us forgiveness. The Bible puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. I like the way that Charles Wesley in 1739 expressed it in one of his carols. Hark, the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. The whole Christmas story is a story of reconciliation, of God coming to earth to reconcile us to himself. One Christmas, I was given a gift certificate from a very prestigious store in London. There was an expiry date and I left it on my desk. And then within days and weeks, it got covered up. And one day, while I was clearing my desk, I found it, but the date had expired. I rang them, I appealed, I begged, and they said, no, it's past, it's past it's too late. Every single one of us is being offered a gift this Christmas. That gift is Jesus. At Christmas time, when we receive gifts, we don't really need. God offers us a gift we can't do without. The Bible says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The gift of Christmas is Christ. And when we receive Christ, we receive a savior. We receive strength. We receive serenity and we receive security. 
I sometimes see it a bit like those babuska dolls that when you receive the doll, but inside there's another one and there's another one and there's another one. And in a similar way, that's what we experience when we receive Christ. God never offers us a gift we are not capable of receiving. And I received the gift of Christ on the 9th of February, 1975. And I have been profoundly changed by knowing Jesus. Philip Brooks wrote a beautiful carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. And in the final verse of that carol, he wrote these words, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord. Emmanuel. I think those words, that prayer, are just beautiful. And they, that prayer sums up what our response should be to Christmas. The wise men understood it. Jesus is King of Kings, who's come to communicate with us and came into the world, not just at the cradle, but went to the cross to purchase for you and I forgiveness so that we could all experience forgiveness from the past, new life here today, and a hope for the future. The gift of Christmas is Christ. Have you received Christ? If you haven't, why don't you receive Christ today? Receive Christ now. Now, maybe you did, but then you got diverted, distracted, maybe even found yourself derailed. Well, why don't you receive Christ afresh today? And in a moment, I'm going to pray those words from Phillips Brooks, beautiful, O little town of Bethlehem. And as I pray these words, why don't you pray those words and make this a reality for you today? As I pray the words, if you would like to receive Christ or reaffirm your faith, join with me and pray these words as I personalize them. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend on me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. We hear the Christmas angels the great glad tidings tell. O oh, come 
to me. Abide with me. My Lord, Emmanuel. Amen. I pray for every one of you that have prayed that prayer now, either for the first time or a way as reaffirming your faith. I pray that you will experience Christ's forgiveness and be set free from the past. I pray that you will experience his presence by his Holy Spirit. I pray that you will experience his peace. I pray that you will experience his well-being in your life. And I pray that you will experience his protection. And I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I do hope you've been inspired. I hope you've been encouraged. And I want to pray a Christmas prayer over you and for you. May God grant you the light of Christmas, which is faith, the warmth of Christmas, which is love, the radiance of Christmas, which is purity, the righteousness of Christmas, which is justice, the belief in Christmas, which is truth, the all of Christmas, which is Christ. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, may God grant you all these things, not just at Christmas, but throughout the new year and all the years to come. Merry Christmas to you all. Once in royal David city stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a Gentle arms 
our childhood's pattern day by day like a secret he was little weak and helpless tears and smiles like a singing and he feeling for our sadness and he shareth in our gladness and our eyes at last shall see through his own redeeming love for that child so dear and so gentle is our Lord in heaven above, and he leads his children to the place where he is gone. Not in the holy stable with the We want to thank you for being with us this morning. We really do hope that this morning's service has brought some joy into your life and blessed you, uh, whether you would call yourself a follower of Jesus or not. And if you're not, then you're welcome to, to journey with us as a church. Uh, I would encourage you, why don't you keep an open mind? Uh, you can email us and we'd love to have a conversation with you. You can email admin at occ-stratford.org.uk and someone will connect with you and we'd love to chat with you more about what it is that we believe and why we find it so compelling and how much it's impacted our life. And we'd love to help you along that journey. But right now, uh, if you're able to, then there's going to be a link that comes up on our chat and also on the screen right now for you to be able to give into our Christmas appeal. There's no pressure to give this morning whatsoever, but if you would like to, then we want to invite you to help increasing numbers of people around the world that have been impacted by COVID through the work of Elim Missions. We're also helping a number of people that are uh, in prison during this season, Christians that have found faith whilst in prison, but are struggling during this time. And we're also helping students in our own town that have been excluded from school, um, that would have no education outside of uh, being able to come to our building and being educated through their studies. And so I want to encourage you, if you're able to, please do support that appeal. And I'd like to invite you, personally invite you next week to our family nativity service. We've got so many people from our church involved. It's usually a time of year where we all get dressed up and celebrate and we're going to do that online again this year. So uh, please do join us 10.30 uh, online next week for our family nativity. But all that's left for me to say is I want to wish you a blessed Christmas 2020 and a happy new year into 2021. And there's a few young people within our church as I close right now that would like to say the same thing to you. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your King. We wish you a Merry Christmas.
พี่หนึ